0: Grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour who's raised today, Jesus Christ. Amen. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there but she did not realise that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you know each person here intimately and call each one of us by name. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us all today that our eyes may be opened to see you in all your glory and splendour and live in the victory of the resurrection every day of our lives. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. He is risen. risen. Can't ever get sick of saying that. I don't anyway. I hope you don't either. What a wonderful celebration it is today. Jesus has risen from the dead. The tomb is empty. Praise the Lord. That's what hallelujah means, praise the Lord. So we say hallelujah, we sing it, it's appropriate. A few years back, uh, just a few years back now, my mother-in-law took a trip to Israel and she was there to study and do all sorts of things but when she got back, she was sharing with me the excitement of the various tours that she'd had the opportunity to take when she was there. And one of those tours that the guide took the people on was uh, of a few, few of the potential sites of the resurrection of Jesus. And one of these sites is the garden tomb. And then as she was describing it to me, I could see the excitement of potentially being in that beautiful garden where Mary Magdalene had mistaken Jesus as the gardener all those years ago. The same place where Mary had peered into the empty tomb and saw two angels seated where Jesus' dead body had been. A garden. It's a lot about gardens today. Now, whether you're a green thumb or not, I'm not, but I would like to be, A garden should be a place of life and of growth and a place of flourishing, shouldn't it? That's how it was in the original garden, the garden of Eden where Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. There was a perfect relationship with God in that garden. There was perfect freedom. There was perfect peace. There was no chaos or instability or all of those things a plethora of things that you've read about in newspapers and seen on the news this year so far. Everything was ordered just the way God had made it. People weren't in a mad rush running this way and that way on Easter Day. Perhaps you've been doing that, I don't know, I have. Maybe you have too. You feel like you're pulled in six different directions at once because there's so much to do, so many celebrations to be involved in. People weren't in a mad rush in the original garden. Instead, they rested with God and it was perfect. Then everything went pear-shaped or apple-shaped, if you like, but we don't actually know what the fruit was that Adam and Eve took from that tree. But things went bad anyway and humans found themselves east of Eden. And when the Bible talks about being east of Eden, it means away from God, away from God's presence, away from God's blessing... And that meant that in Genesis the angel that the people encountered in the original garden was placed there to keep people out with a flaming sword which flashed as the cherubim waved it that no one could get past. Not only that, ever since people have wondered where the Garden of Eden might be and how they could gain access to that tree of life which stands in the middle of the garden. I don't know about you, but I've seen documentaries about this. Have you seen docos and things on TV? The Fountain of Life speculating, trying to pinpoint where it might have been in relation to the great rivers of the Bible that the Bible mentions that surrounded the Garden of Eden. The thing is, no matter how hard we try, no matter how high res the satellite imagery and Google Maps is, Google Earth thats actually, No matter how hard men and women strive, no one has been able to locate, let alone gain access, to the Garden of Eden. Now in John's Gospel account today, Mary Magdalene runs into a gardener while she's looking for Jesus. It's a bit of a surprise, isn't it, that she would run into a gardener. Why didn't she instantly recognise the gardener as Jesus? Was it because she was expecting a dead body wrapped up in cloth? Was she expecting a body scarred from the floggings and the torture that Jesus bore for us and was injured with as a punishment for our sins on Good Friday? Is that what she was expecting? I wonder if, like me, you had the words playing around in your head as I read that. It's not the gardener, Mary. You've got it all wrong. It's Jesus. So why on earth does John even mention that Mary confused Jesus as a gardener. Maybe because Jesus is the ultimate gardener. He was there speaking the very foundations of the world into existence. He was there at the very beginning planting the garden of Eden. He was there walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day and in perfect, perfect relationship. And today, the one Mary thought was a gardener has overcome death and left the garden tomb empty. And it says we peer with Mary into the empty tomb, we see that access to Eden has been restored for us. Access to Eden has been restored for us. Instead of a flaming sword to keep people out of the garden, the angels in the tomb of Jesus ask Mary in our reading, Why are you crying? They were there with good news. They were there with great news. They were there because access to Eden has been restored. Thieves did not steal the body of Jesus. Friends did not come and remove the body of Jesus from the tomb. God the Father raised Jesus from the dead and Jesus is alive. That's why we're here today. That's what we're here to celebrate Death has been defeated. Jesus was raised from death to everlasting life and glory to reign as king forever, to reign as your king. The same king we celebrated on Palm Sunday as he came in and we said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We'll sing it again later as we come to the altar. Your king has come. Broken relationships between God and humanity have been restored. So what does that mean for people like you and me? Where does the rubber hit the road, so to speak? Does it mean anything for us? Is it just a high and lofty ideal that we come and think about? No, it's not. Reconciliation and restoration have taken place in your life today. We who were expelled from the Garden of Eden because of our rebellion and our stubborn sinfulness have been restored to both the garden and the gardener. The relationship has been restored, not by us, but through the death and resurrection of Jesus. Through that empty garden tomb, Amazing mysteries have taken place and are taking place in your life today. And so we walk confidently in the cool and the heat of our days, in the good times and in the tough seasons and the tough times that we all face. But we walk through all those seasons confident, knowing that God is with us, knowing that God is for us and knowing no matter what's going on, that God walks beside us. Friends, this you can celebrate and be certain. Jesus said this would happen and now it has happened. He's fulfilled his promises. His word is trustworthy. What he said is true and you can take that to the bank. It's safer than houses. And so Jesus called out Mary Magdalene by name in our reading. And what happened to her? All Jesus said was Mary And her eyes were opened, weren't they? Her eyes were opened to see Jesus. Jesus also knows each one of you sitting here today. He knows every single one of you intimately. He's called you out by name. He did it personally when he put his name on you and claimed you as his own, marking you with the sign of the cross. Your baptism is your own personal experience of Easter. Easter. When you were baptised, as God sees it, Jesus picked you up and took you to the cross with him. And when he died on Good Friday, so did you. Your old selfish self, your sinful nature, is now dead and buried with Jesus in the tomb and that's where it's meant to stay. And when Jesus walked out of that garden tomb on Easter morning, he had you in his arms. He brought with him a new you with him a new creation, a new life to live with him and for him already in this life. And that new life means that you can walk confidently each day knowing that every single moment of your life that you are forgiven by God, that every moment you are safe with God and saved for all eternity, that you have been blessed to be a blessing to others and to share this Easter joy that you have with the people around you. And that at every moment, and hear this, no matter what is going on in your life, he is with you. He is with you because Jesus is alive. And that means that every day has a pattern about it for you as baptized people. And it's the pattern of Easter. It's a pattern of dying and rising, dying to old negative thoughts, dying to old self-centered habits. Dying to any trust in our material possessions and greed. Dying to anything sinful and anti-God, against God, and anything that leads to spiritual death in your life. And then rising. to what Easter is about. Rising, rising with Jesus in the power that raised Jesus from the dead. Rising to live your life with God and for God in ways that breathe life, life and not death to all those people who you're involved with in your calling, all those people that surround you. Breathe life into those situations. Easter is about a death and resurrection. Jesus' death and Jesus' resurrection. The empty tomb that has reopened access to Eden and restored our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Baptism. Baptism is about your death and your resurrection, your dying and rising to a new life which began when you were baptised and continues every single day right to this very moment right now and it happens again tomorrow and the next day and to the day that you breathe your last breath in this world which will happen to all of us. To live as a baptised person is to live in the power of Easter The power that raised Jesus from the dead and left that garden tomb empty. That is a power, that is a power that is available to you every single day. Every day. So once again, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Have you gone to sleep already? He is risen. Thank you. I hope those words sound different to you as you think about your baptism today. Or if you're here today and you haven't been baptised, the Easter message is for you too. Baptism, uniting you to the death and glorious resurrection and life of Jesus, is open to everyone. And hear this, that there is no place, there is no life, There is no situation that the message of Easter cannot penetrate and transform. Such is the glory and the power of the God that we're here worshipping today. And so remember one thing. As we gaze through the opening of the empty tomb, we see that Jesus has reopened access to Eden, restoring our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Your connection to Easter. Your connection to Easter is through your baptism where God has freed you from death and given you a new and a better way, living in the power of the resurrection of Jesus, not just today, not just tomorrow, not just on Sundays, but every single day of your life. He is risen indeed. Amen and the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. Keep your hearts and minds safe in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour, who has raised from the dead and whose power is at work in your life today. Amen.